your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Friday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, November 5th, 2021. Your boy Q here. I'd like to thank you for making the Locked On Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. And remember, the Locked On Raiders podcast is free and available on all platforms. Before we get into today's show, I do want to let you know it's being brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. It has always been more than just a place to get great, affordable food. It's also an unofficial community center. We got to give a big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there and I'm loving it so big ups to McDonald's coming up on today's show it's Friday so you know we got to close this thing out strong trying to close it out as strong as possible it's been a roller coaster of affairs all week long but here we are Raider Nation and it is a game week there's a game coming up on Sunday against the New York football Giants so uh, just like the team we're going to finish this thing out strong we're going to make it happen and get to the finish line which is going to be Sunday and of course there's week after week after week still coming up but one week at a time and up first is the New York football Giants so coming up in segment number three your calls and texts Straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. You know the number, 707-654-4693. Been getting a lot of really good feedback lately uh, by way of Twitter, by way of the Locked On Raider podcast. I mean, just all kind of great feedback, and I do appreciate that. And I try to get to as much as possible on each and every show, even if you don't agree with me. And please believe, especially after this week, there's been plenty that have reached out to me and said that I was crazy, I was insane, I had no idea what I was talking about, and that's okay. I appreciate that kind of feedback as well. And so you'll hear some of that coming up on today's show. That's segment number three. Segment number two, as I always do on Fridays, and it's a game week, I like to talk about keys to victory. Because ultimately, I mean, it's a win or loss league. It doesn't matter what's going on off the field. It's all about the performance on the field when you get there. So we're going to talk about, well, I'm going to talk about what I believe the keys to victory will be for the Silver and Black on Sunday as they head to New Jersey to take on the New York football Giants. And I've talked to multiple people, including Patricia Trainer. You heard the crossover edition on Thursday. She kind of broke it down and talked about the G-Men and talked about their strengths, their weaknesses, and what to expect. So after hearing that conversation, I also on Raider Nation Radio 920 talked to Pat Leonard. He covers the New York football giants as well. He gave me a little bit more perspective as well on what to expect from the G-Men. So all those conversations, plus what I saw on Monday Night Football against the Kansas City Chiefs, I was able to kind of get my own conclusions as well. We're going to talk about what I think the Raiders will need to do it's about a six or seven steps I think that they're going to need to take to pick up a victory and improve to six and two overall in the season as they head back to Las Vegas and prepare for the Kansas City Chiefs Sunday night football next Sunday. But again, first thing first, the New York football Giants. So that's coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, as I always do, give you the news and the notes of the day. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. And off top, let's get into some roster news. The Raiders only had three wide receivers on the 53-man roster going into Thursday. Well, that changed on Thursday as they elevated wide receiver Dylan Stoner to the 53-man roster. Now, if you remember, he was on the practice squad. He was an undrafted free agent signed out of Oklahoma State. You saw him actually get a lot of burn in the preseason with Nate Peterman at the quarterback position, and he's good. 
He's a good wide receiver. I saw him a lot while I was covering the Big 12 when I was in Central Texas uh, covering Baylor and uh, obviously he went to Oklahoma State, so I saw a lot of him. Good wide receiver. I don't think he's a wide receiver that's ready to make any noise in the NFL right now. I think he's a guy that, you know, is going to get a little bit of burn, but very little burn. I think when it comes down to roster spots and wide receivers, I think you should expect a lot more out of Zay Jones uh, and not really a whole lot out of Dylan Stoner. I don't think you'll see Dylan Stoner out there a whole lot, but I mean, he'll get a little bit of burn, but I think you'll see an elevated amount of play from Zay Jones, who's going to slide into that position that he was standing behind Henry Ruggs. Now he's going to be that guy. And I I do think that this is a big opportunity for Zay Jones. Uh, I think he's a guy that's been preparing for this opportunity. Not that he knew that it was going to come, but he still was always prepared. I've always been told, like, hey, when your number's called, make sure you're ready. And I think that Zay Jones has always been preparing, 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 like he could be the dude, he could be that guy, but just never had that opportunity. Obviously, he's got a good relationship with Derek Carr already, so he's going to be a guy that I really look at on Sunday to see what kind of role he plays. But just to make it official and to have another number and another body, Dylan Stoner is now on the 53-man roster, again, under after free agent out of Oklahoma State. Also, the Raiders on Thursday. They re-signed linebacker Javen White to the practice squad. So the young man out of UNLV who was waived just the other day, he did clear waivers and now he's back with the silver and black on the practice squad. So he'll still have more time to develop, get a little bit uh, more comfortable in that position. Again, he's another guy that I don't expect to see too much of this year at all because the linebacking core right now is pretty solid with Denzel Perryman, Corey Littleton, and of course you got KJ Wright, you got Nick Wachowski. I mean, you got guys right now that linebacking core. So if Javen White gets in there and gets a lot of burn that means something went terribly wrong someone got injured someone's out of the game something like that but uh just it's good to see him back on the practice squad and getting that opportunity because again he's a dude that I definitely root for just don't think he's going to have a big impact right now Uh, Also on Thursday, they released their Thursday injury report, and it's nice when the Raiders are coming off a bye, and there's really not a whole lot on the injury report. And so they had really nothing for Thursday. Defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins was dealing with a a neck injury. He practiced in full on Wednesday. And then uh, guard John Simpson, uh, who has a knee injury, he practiced full on Wednesday. And then also on Thursday as well, both guys practiced in full. So uh, that's a positive right there because, again, their injury report hasn't always been that cut and dry and that clean but it is right now. As far as the Giants and their injury report, it's pretty lengthy right now, but it's kind of up in the air. You just really don't know because they have so many COVID issues going on. Saquon Barkley, Xavier McKinney, uh, Matt Skura, uh, Gary Brightwell, all these guys are dealing with COVID issues. Uh, Saquon Barkley's dealing with the ankle injury. He probably won't play on Sunday either, but uh, the thing about it is a lot of these are false positives, so there's really no telling right now exactly who is is really going to be positive and who's going to miss it looks like their their uh, running back coach is definitely going to miss he re- definitely was a, a, a real positive but uh, a lot of their COVID-19 positive tests were really false positives so it's just a really strange situation going on uh, with the G-men right now and all their their COVID protocols they actually sent all the players home and all the coaches home on Thursday and then all of a sudden they brought them back later on to practice I mean it's just really weird so uh, as far as the other guys just dealing with injury injury linebacker linebacker Lorenzo Carter is dealing with the ankle he didn't participate on Thursday Nate Ebner the defensive back also ankle injury didn't participate Dante Pettis, the wide receiver, did not participate. He's dealing with a shoulder injury. Sterling Shepard, quad injury. He didn't participate. Uh, Caden Smith is dealing with a knee injury. He's a tight end. He was limited. Kadarius Toney's got that thumb injury. He suffered that on Monday night against the Chiefs. He was limited. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, 
Uh, he didn't practice. It was a personal day. He did not participate. And then wide receiver John Ross who's dealing with a quad injury. He was limited as well. So uh, we'll get another final report. Not a final report. We'll get another report later on today. And then we'll get the official game status about 90 minutes before kickoff on Sunday. But yeah, the Giants, it's just really hard to tell exactly what's going on with them because they have so many false positives as far as COVID goes. Now, quickly, I want to give you a couple more little nuggets that have nothing to do with the silver and black right now, but at some point might. And that's uh, Deshaun Jackson. Jackson, former wide receiver for the Rams. He cleared waivers on Thursday and later on Thursday. So now he's free to sign with any team as a free agent. And I'll just tell you my gut feeling, because a lot of people have been asking me this, what I think about it. I do think that Sean Jackson is going to sign with the Raiders. And that's just not based off of anything. Nobody's told me that. I haven't heard that. Nobody's hinted at that. I just gut feeling tells me he's a West Coast cat and he wants to play with a quarterback that can get him the rock and and Derek Carr can do that. Obviously, they have an, a, a need for a, a deep threat guy, even though I did just say a little while ago, I think Jose Jones is going to have a big role, a bigger role on this team. But I think Deshaun Jackson would be some really good uh, backup and be some really good insurance as well in that wide receiver room. So again, just my gut feeling now that he's cleared waivers and can sign with anybody, I do, in my heart, think he ends up signing with the Raiders. But again, that's just my gut feeling. And then the report came out on Thursday evening that Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be released later on today by the Cleveland Browns. And so the thing with him is he's going to have to go through waivers. And I don't even know if the Silver and Black would want him. I don't even know if the Raiders want him. I mean, I know he's a really good talent. I don't know right now at this part of his career how good a talent he really is. I really don't because we haven't seen it in a couple years. And some people can say, well, it's Baker Mayfield's fault. Well, is it? Is it his fault or is it Odell Beckham Jr.'s fault for being injured and not getting any chemistry with the wire? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of questions there. Really good talent, but it's been now two teams that it hasn't worked out with. The G-Men got rid of him, remember. And then Cleveland is about to release him. So now is it him? Or is it the quarterbacks? Is it someone else's fault? You know, at some point, man, I start to look at it and say, okay, hey, at some point you got to look in the mirror and say, what, how much fault is, of mine is this? So I don't know if that's a really good fit with the silver and black. I really don't. I think Deshaun Jackson is a safer bet, and I think that's the one that they might go for. But now that I've said all that, they'll probably go sign both. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, who knows? But he's going to have to clear waivers before anyone could just sign him, and I don't think anyone's going to grab him off of waivers because his salary is pretty large, so they would have to be able to put that on a salary cap. So uh, if the Raiders make any move later on today for any wide receiver, I would bet money. If I was going to bet money, it would be on Deshaun Jackson and not Odell Beckham Jr. But that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Just news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, going to talk about keys to victory for the Silver and Black on Sunday. What are they going to need to do to come away with a victory and end up 6-2 and two and head back to Las Vegas? Well, we'll talk about that all in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about the title sponsor of today's show, which is McDonald's. And again, McDonald's has been proudly serving communities since 1965. Like, that's the one thing that you can find in every neighborhood and you know that you're at a good spot, right? When you see the Golden Arches, it's always been more than just a place to get great taste in food, though. It's a place where friends and family go to reconnect. It's a place where sometimes classmates, they meet up after school and they're like, hey, let's go study. Let's go to McDonald's. We'll get some fries. We'll get some nuggets. We'll get some shakes. And oh, by the way, we'll use their Wi-Fi and we'll hang out. And instead of going to the house and, and doing our schoolwork, we can hang out at McDonald's. I mean, it's just that simple. When I was growing up playing basketball, I'd play basketball at the school around the corner and then boom, 
boom, McDonald's was right there. Go get some food, head back to the house. It was perfect. It's the one-stop shop. You can go there. You can rest up. You can get some food. You can hang out, have a good time. Even as I started to get older, man, I used to go try to look for girls at McDonald's. Girls didn't really hang out at McDonald's on Friday night, but I still went and looked for them, you know? So you never know what's going to happen at McDonald's, but it's always good times, and it's always a, a friendly, warm location, and, and that's what it's all about, man. So head to your local McDonald's, refuel, reconnect, and hey, maybe we'll even have a Locked On Raiders podcast watch party there. I mean, you never know. Either way, I'm loving it. I appreciate McDonald's for being a proud title sponsor of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to talk about keys to victory. What is it going to take in week nine for the Raiders to come away with a victory and prove to 6-2 and two on the season and beat the New York football Giants? And off top, I'll tell you right now, in a normal week, this is a game where I say, hey, the Raiders win this game. Even though it's on the road, even though it's an early kickoff, it's traveling to the East Coast, I get it. This is a game that I say the Raiders win. They're a better team than the Giants point blank, and they still are a better team than the Giants. But I will say this, with all the issues going on, with everything that's happened off the field, with all the emotions, with all the tears that have been shed this week by everybody, you know, everybody in that locker room has shed tears from coaches to players. Everybody has shed tears. There's just been so much going on, so much emotion you know, I mean, that is taxing that I've said it before on the podcast where I've just been emotionally drained, you know, like I, I just don't have the even emotional energy to do a really good show. And I've come on this show and say, I don't think I did a very good show because I just I, I just didn't have it in me. I just didn't have just like after that Bears game, I was emotionally exhausted and just just through, you know, I was spent and it was just hard to even want to do a show that could be. The approach that the team takes when they take the field on Sunday, they could be so emotionally spent that they just don't have it in them to go and get it done. That's a possibility. And, you know, honestly, if it happens, it won't even be one of those things where I come out here on Monday and say, well, that was terrible. That was a bad display. What in the world? I won't even blame them. I'll get it. Now, I hope that's not what they do. I hope they are able to turn this into, you know, some positive energy when they hit the field and, and, and go ahead and, and take out their anger and their frustrations on the Giants. That's what I'm hoping, but that's not guaranteed, Raider Nation. I mean, this is very difficult, what they're trying to transition from, from what they've dealt with throughout the course of this week to what they have to try to deal with at the end of this week, which is play a football game and win and stay in first place and continue to fight the good fight. And You know what I mean? Like, all this stuff is not easy to do for anyone and the good thing about the Raiders what I do believe and it's not something I've been able to say about this team every single year and I've been following this team forever I've been a fan of this team forever I've been covering this team what feels like forever and I've been doing this podcast now this is my fourth season doing the podcast started when John Gruden first returned to the sidelines so I've been doing this now for long enough to know that I don't think that they've always had the leadership to, to be able to get it done, what we're expecting them to get done on Sunday, which is go out there and win a game. I don't think they've always had the leadership from the sidelines to the players. This team, I feel like, is different. I've said it multiple times this year that I felt like this team is different, and, and I do feel like this team is different, but this, this reason is even different than what I've been talking about. I've just been talking about the makeup of the talent and, and, and the understanding of what they're supposed to be doing and the execution. Now this is even different. This is one of those where these grown men, I think they have the maturity and the understanding to be able to go out there and handle their business and, and kind of take those and set those emotions to the side during the football game and go out there and battle for four 
four quarters and come away with a victory. I believe they have that in them because they're just built like that. This team is. This 2021 team feels like, to me, that this is how they're built. So let's go ahead and just jump into the keys of the game. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time with them. I just think that from talking to multiple people and watching the G-Men and just kind of seeing what I think what their strengths and what their weaknesses are, I think I have a really good understanding of what it's going to take for the Raiders to go out there and pick up a victory. And normally I start offensively, but let's start defensively because I think the defense is going to be the leader of the show on Sunday. I really do. So I want to start with them. I think getting after Daniel Jones is the first thing. The first key. The Raiders have been really good this year at getting after the quarterback with the front four. They're leading the league in pressures just about with Max Crosby and Unique Ngakwe. And of course the dudes up the middle as well. They're getting their their love as well. You know, Quentin Jefferson, you know, Jonathan Hankins, you know, guys like that. Uh, they're, they're doing what they've got to do. Well, the offensive line for the Giants is not that great. And anytime that you really get after them, you can get after them up the gut and you can get after them on the edges. So I think that you've got to rattle Daniel Jones and rattle him early and he'll make a few mistakes. You know, I expect the Raiders to get a couple turnovers on Sunday because I do think Daniel Jones is not a great quarterback. I think he's a decent quarterback that is a guy that's going to make mistakes. So if you get after him early and kind of get him frustrated and off his mark early, he'll cause he'll 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 turn the ball over a couple times. So that's the number one key is getting after the quarterback, which is just about the number one key to every game is getting after the quarterback. And then stopping the run. And I don't know who's going to be running the ball. I don't think it's going to be uh I don't think it's going to be Saquon Barkley, but maybe Devontae Booker will be out there. I mean, who's who knows who's going to be out there because they are dealing with these COVID issues and of course it's coming from the running back's coach. So who knows who's been a close contact? Who knows what's going to happen, but stop the run. And the reason why I say stop the run is because Jason Garrett is the offensive coordinator. And from all my years of covering the Cowboys while Jason Garrett was the head coach, there's something that he wants to do all the time, and that's run the rock. Like John Gruden always wanted to run the rock, Jason Garrett wants to run the rock as well. He wants to try to establish the run no matter who they have to run the ball. He's going to try to do that. He's going to try to eliminate some of the pressure off of Daniel Jones and have a strong, solid run game. So the Raiders have to find a way to slow down the run. And I don't think that this is one of those dangerous teams as far as the run goes, especially with Saquon Barkley being out, but they're still going to try to establish that run. So they got to stop the run. And then finally, defensively, don't give the Giants offense life. And what I mean by that is don't have dumb penalties. You know, don't have a roughing the quarterback penalty. Don't jump off sides on, on, third and, on third and four and give them a first down. You know what I mean? Like, don't make those stupid mistakes that give them a little bit extra life. Because normally, when they get that second or third opportunity, that's when they're able to cash in. They'll struggle on their own. But if the Raiders give them extra life by giving them stupid penalties, you know, 15-yard penalty here, 15-yard penalty there, like I said, roughing the passer, a personal foul, taunting, stay away from that stupid taunting penalty. I think it's the dumbest penalty in football, but you know they're going to call it. So don't fall victim to it. That's giving the, the Giants life. You don't need to give the Giants life because they're a bad team. Bad teams will thrive off of you making dumb decisions and dumb mistakes. You cannot do that. So those are the three keys defensively. Offensively, I think you feed Waller, you feed Waller, and you feed him uh, uh, some more. He had 19 targets in week one, and ever since then, he hasn't had targets like that. I think this is a game, you don't have that deep threat in Henry Ruggs. I do think Zay Jones is going to have an opportunity to pop and play, be a player, but get back, to, get back to what got you there. Dance with the one that brought you. You know, get back to feeding Darren Waller. I'd like to see him, especially coming off of uh, a week ago when they played Philadelphia and, and he didn't get to play because he was injured. Then they went into the bye week. He's fully healthy. Man, he's ready to go. Rock him, sock him. You know what I mean? Give him the rock. Feed him, feed him, feed him. 
I would love to see Darren Waller get about 10 to 15 targets. I really would. And get about 10 catches. You give him about 10 catches, 115, 120 yards on a TD, I, I think that you're doing really good. You're cooking with grease, like I like to say, and you come away with the victory. Also, run the ball. The Giants' run defense isn't very good. Their, their defense is decent. They do have a def- decent defense. I will say that. But I, I think that the one area of their defense that can really be, be exploited is up the gut, and especially running the ball. You can run the ball to the outsides, and then you can hit Waller kind of over the middle. I mean, that's really what it is. Hit, hit, the, hit the outsides, hit the edges when you run the ball, and then hit the tight end. And, and, and they don't really have a guy that can, that can slow those guys down. I just don't think that. So those will be some of the biggest keys right there. And then Derek Carr, knowing that this is the kind of week it is, knowing they're coming off of what they're coming off of, just continue to lead the team. Continue to lead the team and make them play together as a unit. You know, go out there and have some energy and intensity. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be something that after the game, I, I imagine some of the players are going to look like Hugh Jackson did uh, the day after Al Davis passed, and they won that game in Houston, and, Al, and Hugh Jackson just fell to one knee, and you could see the emotions on his face. I imagine after Sunday, if the Raiders come away with a victory, you're going to see some players have emotion that's going to look exactly like Hugh Jackson looked when he dropped to that one knee and started crying the day after Al Davis passed. I promise you, we all know it's not for the same reasons, but it's going to be emotion that's going to be similar to that on Sunday. That's what I think you will see. But, I mean, offensively, again, it's, I think it's really easy. Feed Waller, run the rock, and Derek Carr keep this team together and play as a unit. Simple. It's not a, a very complicated game plan because the New York Giants, and I'm not trying to sound disrespectful, are not a very good team. They're just not. So uh, if any, none of this had happened, I don't think anyone's thinking that the Raiders lose this game. Not saying that they can't because anything could happen, especially if you don't take a team seriously, but that's okay. I could talk about them not being a very good team. The Raiders have to go in there and play them like they're, you know, that, that they're, they're fearing that they're going to give them an L. You know, they, they can't read the headlines. They just got to go in there and ball. But they, they have the opportunity to do it. I think this is a, a perfect time to take out the frustrations that they have from everything that's been going on, not only this week, but just this year. Remember, they've only played seven games, and they've had more headlines than a, than a team that's played 15 to 16 games. You know what I mean? It just, it just feels like uh, this season has already gone on for so long, and it's only seven games under their belts. So... That, that's the keys to victory right there. I mean, there's, there's, I had a bunch of keys, but they were short and sweet and to the point. Simple as that. So uh, I, I do think they come away with the victory. But again, it's all about how they operate when they get out there on the field and what kind of emotions they have when they're on the field. And if they're able to put those emotions to the side for the length of the game and then, you know, get back in, in, in their feelings afterwards on the plane ride back or whatever. If they're able to separate that, they'll go out there and have a successful day. It's not guaranteed that they will because that is something, it's a tall task that you're asking them to do. So that's all I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Keys to a victory for Sunday versus the New York football Giants. Well, what's on your mind? Segment number three, calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. We'll get to that after I tell you about a couple great sponsors here at the Locked On Raiders podcast, including Built Bar. And I don't know if you know, but Thanksgiving's right around the corner. I love Thanksgiving. All the good foods and treats, plenty of them. I know a lot of folks love a great dessert, right? Well, how about a dessert that's not so full of calories and not so full of sugar? How about a built Bar? You can get a built Bar that's just about like a holiday dessert. You can feast on something delicious and feel really good about it. Check this out. Think about this. One slice of pie has up to about 300 calories, right? And that's on the low end. Most built Bars are only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. 
So instead of having that coconut cream pie, well, you can have coconut built bar or go for a raspberry built bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If you feel like Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, you can go for a built bar or two. You can share some at your family gatherings. You can share some at work. Maybe maybe some of your family members are coming to the house and you need to put some snacks out. Well, Bill Bar's a good snack, too. You can surprise everybody. It's all good. And speaking of surprises, there's coming. There's surprises coming all month long. Limited time flavors are arriving at Built.com regularly. So check the site early and check the site often. Nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. That's right after the Raiders-Cowboys game. Right now, go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 15% off your order. You got to use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off at built.com. I also want to tell you about betonline.ag. Basketball, football, boxing, UFC, NHL is back. Vegas casino games, all that's going on. The World Series just got wrapped up. The Braves took home the title. The Astros were a no-show in Game 6. Still shame on them. But for every sport that you could talk about, every sport you could think of, betonline.ag is the spot for you if you're trying to win some money. It's the number one spot for all basketball and football action all season long. Go to the website right now on your laptop or your mobile device. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code Locked On. Now, what does that mean? It means if you put $1,000 into your account, you're going to get $500 on top of that if you use the promo code Locked On. It's that simple. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and it's where the games start. Segment number three, it's up next. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with Paul in Bakersfield. He's calling to talk about how he felt after hearing Derek Carr's press conference and his thoughts are some that I think a lot of people are starting to feel when it comes to Derek Carr. Here he is, Paul in Bakersfield. Yo, what's up, Q? Uh, Paul the Barber, man, from Bakersfield. Uh, just want to clean and uh, touch on the whole uh, Henry Ruggs, Derek Carr um, press conference. And um, I don't know, man, it's crazy how, you know, obviously it's sad about everything that happened, you know, prayers up for the girl and her family and Henry Ruggs and his daughter and, you know, all that stuff, you know what I mean? Like, we already know the situation, and it's very sad and unfortunate. But, like, you know, after the hearing Derek Carr's press conference, man, like, it's just – I. To me, like, I feel like Raider fans, we don't deserve Derek Carr, man. <laughs> and, like, and what I mean by is, like, this dude has been through so much crap, dude, so much crap um, within the past, you know, four or five years, you know, from, you know, all these different head coaches that he's going through to the A.B., Antonio Brown situation, through the um, the John Gruden, the, the emails, uh, the Henry Ruggs, like, Derek Carr is always the first one to speak, and he always has to. You know, he always has to speak at the media, uh, to the media about these situations. He's always the first one, the first player to speak about everything, and his dude just always has the right thing to say. Um, like he brings um, a calmness to the to the fan base. You know, like he he kind of reassures us that 
you know, hey, we're going to work hard. We're going to do what we got to do. We're going to pray for our brothers. And, you know, we don't hate nobody. I don't hate nobody. But he's just he's always that dude that's just reassuring us that, you know, things are going to be okay. And, man, dude, like I know he's not like a top three quarterback. You know, he's he's up there top ten, I believe. But, like, as far as leadership-wise, this dude's number one in the in the league, in my opinion. Um, I can't imagine another quarterback having to deal with all this. Can you imagine if we had, like, a Baker Mayfield or an Aaron Rodgers dealing with all this stuff, you know, all this emotion, ro- emotional roller coasters that we've, that we've had in these past couple of years, man. I can't imagine those type of quarterbacks, uh, making us feel better, you know, to the media, talking to the media, talking to us. Like, Derek Carr just has the right things to say. Um, he knows how to take on these tough situations. You know, he's not perfect. I get that, but, um, he really does know the right things to say and how to handle things. Um, and I, to me, man, that just says a lot about him, his character, the type of dude he is, the type of, just type of person he is, you know, like, you know, forget football. You know what I mean? Like we always said, you know, football's last, but when it comes to these men as human beings, man, like it's just a, a great person to have in the, in the organization, man. So I just thought I'd touch on that, Q. Uh, I just want to know your thoughts on, you know, I'm sure you heard the press conference, but, uh, yeah, let me know what you think, man. Go Raiders. There he goes, Paul the Barber in Bakersfield. And great call, my man. I think you're spot on. I really do. I don't think there's a better guy. And I've been saying this on Raider Nation Radio 920. I've said it multiple times. I don't think there's a better guy for the job that is in hand right now than Derek Carr. I mean, I really do. And I know everyone's probably still not sold on him. But, man, I'll tell you, sometimes people are in certain places for certain reasons. I feel like Richard Bisaccia is in a perfect place for a certain reason. And I feel like Derek Carr is in a perfect place for a perfect reason. You know what I mean? Like, everything happens for a reason. I know that. I truly believe that. I'm a man that, uh, you know, follows in faith as well. And and I just, I believe that all things always happen for a reason. And people are put in place for reasons. And it just feels like Derek Carr is the right guy for this situation. And so is Rich Bisaccia for that as well. So, thank you for that call, my man. I do appreciate you. And uh, enjoy the game on Sunday. Next up, I got a text from my guy CJ and. CJ's not really feeling what I've been saying lately, and that's okay. He says, my man Q, are you serious about casting the first stone crap in your yesterday's podcast? I mean, are you effing serious? Ruggs was not only driving drunk, he was driving over 150 miles per hour. I mean, talk about being reckless times three. This mother effer needs to be given max sentence. I mean, seriously, cut the crap, Q. Still love you, brother, but enough with this forgiving nonsense. Oh, man, I just checked the details on the Ruggs incident. Place where this happened ain't even a freeway. Intersection of South Rainbow and Spring Valley is not where you can even go 60 miles an hour. This a-hole was driving at four to five times speed limit. No, not casting the first stone, but he needs to be stoned to death. CJ out. And I read it word for word, and I just censored some of the words that were put in there. And this is the deal. And I even sent a, a personal text message to CJ and said, look, You don't have to believe what I believe. You don't have to understand what I'm saying. All I'm saying is when it comes to John 8, 7, and they say he who is without sin cast the first stone, that's real. And I'm not going to be the dude. Yes, everything that you pointed out there and everything that you said about Henry Ruggs that he did was reckless and out of control and 100% on him. And he's got to pay the price for that. But it is not in my place to come down and talk about he needs to be stoned to death. That's not for me to do. And if you are the guy who is worthy to do that, then that's, that's, that's what you feel comfortable with. But... I'm assuming with some of the language that you're using, you're probably not that guy either. But that's, hey, again, I understand, and that's why I read the text. 
I'm not going to shy away from something just because you don't agree with me. But at no point ever when you say, I mean, seriously, cut the crap. None of that is crap in my book. So you don't have to like me and you don't have to agree with me. But I don't believe that that's crap and I never will believe it's crap. I live by John 8, 7. I will always live by John 8, 7, regardless of what the crime is, regardless how reckless it is, regardless how bad it is. And believe me, I'm as emotional as everyone else about this whole situation. I've been on the radio crying. I've been on the podcast crying. I mean, I've been through uh, the, the emotional roller coaster just like everyone else, but I'm not going to go there because I'm not that guy. And that is not for me to be the judge, the jury, and the executioner. That is not my role. We've all been there, done that, and done bad things. Not saying on that level, obviously, but we've all done things that aren't considered great decisions, right? Bad decisions. We've all been there and done that. So I do thank you for the text. I appreciate you. And like I said, you never have to agree with me, and I'll still put you on the show because that is your right to be heard. So thank you so much for that text. Next up, got a call from ABA Ivan Davis. He's calling to talk about the game on Sunday versus the Giants and has a game plan he feels the Raiders should do himself. Here he is, ABA Ivan Davis. What's up? This is your boy Ivan Davis, a.k.a. ABA Ivan Davis. Uh, the reason I'm calling, uh, trying to turn the channel from all the interesting stuff that's been going on this week, but uh, was to get my opinion on what I think the Raiders should do to win this game. And... Okay, Ruggs is not going to be there. So one guy online had a pretty good idea of what to do, and that is to move Waller to the F. Because Waller, the threat of if someone with speed going deep, it would still be there and would command the coverage that Ruggs did, which we should still open up the middle and start uh, Foster Moreau at tight end. Because that's one package. You can also do the wide receivers and things like that. Uh, I, I see that we brought up uh, our uh, preseason uh, special teams, and that's not special teams, wide receiver. I'm not sure uh, what he actually brings to the table other than depth, but uh, I guess we'll see. Uh, Should have got Deshaun Jackson. They could have made an adjustment if he didn't know the play, but just simply telling him the route. Hey, one a nine route, one a seven route, one a four, run an L route. They could have just told him what he was running and then explained the concept to him later. I mean, he's a veteran, so he'll be able to figure it out, you know, pretty quickly. But anyway, that's all I pretty much had. I think that uh, it's a game, even though uh, Ruggs is not there, it's a game we should win. But it's going to be tough because uh, New York is going to take away everything short, and we're going to have to go deep and prove that we can. Otherwise, they're going to take everything away, just like they did the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, but anyway, at least they're going to try to. Okay, but our defense, I think, is going to dominate. But the offense got to find a way to score at least 20 points, and I think we can win this game. All right, Q, talk to you later, my man. Oh, Raiders. There he goes, ABA Ivan Davis. Thank you for the call. Appreciate you. Moving Waller, it might be an option, but I really don't think you need to move Waller. I think that you can just feed him, like I mentioned in segment number two. You can still feed him. You can get it to him all the time. You can get him 15 targets, and he can catch 10 of them. Go for a buck 20 and a touchdown or two. You know what I mean? I mean, he could still eat. I think that Waller is going to have a big game anyway, and I do think that Zay Jones could be a factor. I mean, I know that I mentioned earlier that I think Deshaun Jackson is going to end up being a member of the Raiders. Obviously, he won't help out this week, but I think Zay Jones is really – I think he has an opportunity, man. Again, you got to be ready when your number's called, and right now Zay Jones' number's being called, 
And I, I think he's going to end up being an X factor that we might be end up talking about him on Monday. Like, man, what a big game Zay Jones had. That's a, that's a guy to watch out for in my book. Thank you so much for your call. I do appreciate you. Uh, I got time for just a couple more. How about a text from Liam in Ohio? What up, Q? It's Liam from Ohio. Longtime listener, first time reaching out. First, I want to say this show is a daily fundamental for me to keep up on my Raiders out here, and you do a great job. I just wanted to say, if the Raiders do find their way into the playoffs, Derek Carr had better win MVP. He isn't the only one that has stepped up, but the way he's rose up to the occasion and been the face of this team and a leader both on and off the field is just something that I really admire and it's something that no quarterback in the league has had to do. Pair that with his on-the-field performance, and I think it would be a crime to not give him the trophy. Keep up the good work, Raiders. That's from Liam in Ohio. And, yeah, I mean, I I can echo the same things. Again, I I think Derek Carr has been, uh, I mean, he's been spot on. He has been the dude that the Raiders have needed all season long and now more than ever, really, in a major, major way. So I I agree with you 100%. Uh, And, again, this team has a special makeup, man, and we'll see how special they are and, and how they can rally around each other yet again, right? Yet again. So uh, thank you so much for that. I do appreciate you. I got time for one more call. We'll take it from Rahul in Seattle. He's calling to talk about the leadership of the Raiders between Derek Carr and interim head coach Rich Basaccia. Here he is, Rahul in Seattle. Hey, Q. It's Rahul from Seattle. Just listened to your uh, Thursday morning podcast and uh, the uh, pressers from Basaccia and Carr. And I think that uh, we are in very good shape, at least in terms of our leadership, head coach, quarterback, uh, I, I'm very just uh, reassured that these two men are who are leading us, and uh, and Mayock too. Uh, I know he didn't say anything at the presser yesterday, but uh, he is also showing some very strong leadership skills. And you know, we we have all been through a lot in such a short amount of time since the beginning of the season, through the Gruden email, uh, and now the Henry Ruggs, uh, you know, this, uh, this very tragic accident and. Uh, and we're all very just sad. And, you know, seeing the pictures of uh, Tina Tintor on the Internet and, you know, knowing the kind of person she was, she looked like just such a regular, innocent, just nice, sweet person. You saw the pictures of her with her dog. I mean, you, 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 it is just such a, such a tragic thing to happen. And, um, and uh, you know, that the, the victim was just, uh, she just looked like such a sweet person. I mean, how, I don't know how, I don't know how we um, we can just kind of move on from this, and uh, knowing that uh, you know that a raider killed a, uh, such a you know such a uh, just a regular nice person. I mean, it's, it's hard to fathom that. But we have good leadership. Um, you know, we have we have a good team, uh, and we all need to to stick together, and we all need to just kind of just stay strong you know we, we need to stay strong and, uh, and I hope the, the Raiders dedicate this season to the Tintor family uh, I hope uh, Darren Waller and uh, Max Crosby continue to, to really push alcohol education and I really blame alcohol a lot for this um, because it, it can just turn someone uh, who is not really intending to do a lot of harm or any harm into just a maniac and that's what happened and uh you know, I really feel bad for Ruggs. Uh, he was my favorite player on the team, and um, and he just had, uh, like Coach Pasaccia said, a very just terrible lapse in judgment, and uh, he did something he can't undo. And uh, I hope for his sake and his family's sake and uh, the Tintor family's sake that uh, they can all someday find some inner peace. But it's going to take a long time, and I hope the Raider organization can 
can help. Um, but one love to the Raider Nation, one love to UQ, and uh, let's just all stay strong and let's get through the season and hopefully uh, we can uh, show what Raiders do, that we can persevere through this and still win. There he goes, Rahul in Seattle. Great call, my man, and I do believe the team is in good hands. The leadership you're talking about, D.C. and Rich Basaccia, those are the guys that the Raiders really need. And you mentioned the victim, Tina Tintor, man, young lady that's been in the Las Vegas community just about her whole life. Seemed like a very sweet young lady, you know, from everything that's been talked about her and, and people that have, have, you know, knew her and grew up around her. Uh, she seemed like she was the real deal, you know. And so uh, hearts just go out to her family. You know, if hearts go out to and prayers go out to all the families, man, they really do as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it's just it's such a, a a raw deal and it's something that you just you don't understand you know you always want to ask the question why I'm just not in the why asking business I just you know it's just one of those things where uh, you just have to have trust and, and and faith that there's a plan and and that there's reasons behind everything and it's never easy to understand but we try to do our very best to do just that so definitely appreciate you I heard the emotion in your voice I appreciate that and the passion as well thank you so much for reaching out uh, that's Rahul in Seattle and that's all I got time for for today's show that's all i got time for for the rest of the week raider nation so uh it's been a very taxing week on everybody so uh you know take to the rest of the day uh take saturday kind of you know uh relax and try to recoup and and try to re-energize yourself and and then get ready for the game on Sunday, and we'll see how, how the Silver and Black perform. I do think they come out with a victory, but uh, we'll see. We'll see exactly how, you know, this week, how it, it plays a role in this game on Sunday. And we'll be back on Monday, of course, to talk about it. So Raider Nation, have a great weekend. Uh, take care of your family. Love on your family. And most importantly, as always, just win, baby.